All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Scott Colby. Thank you so much for being here. I know it's the holidays, but wanted to get this uh, interview in before the New Year's because I know a lot of you have some good uh, fat loss goals and, and other fitness goals for the New Year. So I thought today would be a great call. Some of you probably have a day off from work, so I hope everybody had a great holiday, and thank you again for um, for being with us. We've got a great call today, and my guest is Craig Valentine. A lot of you already know Craig. He's uh, out in Toronto, a strength and conditioning coach, and you may know him better as the author and creator of Turbulence Training. He's also a contributing author to Men's Health Magazine and a member of the Training Advisory Board for Maximum Fitness and Oxygen Magazine. Now, Craig's Fat Loss Multibility website features his best-selling Turbulence Training for Fat Loss program, and, of course, he also has a membership site, TT Members, which offers access to all of Craig's turbulence training workouts and video clips. They're actually for men, women, mass building, athletes, and body weight only workouts. So he has a lot of different niches within the PT member site and, of course, discussion forums within the site for support and uh, where you can get all your questions answered. Uh, Craig, just so you know, he's completed a Master's of Science degree in Exercise Physiology from McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and uh, he continues to really get into the latest research out there, whether it's training, nutrition, supplementation, uh, anything that's going to help you improve your health and wellness, as well as your physical and mental performance. And I love interviewing Craig because his workouts are similar to mine. He does a lot of body weight-only workouts a lot of uh, dumbbell training workouts uh, without the use of machines, things that you can do anywhere, and they're quick workouts where you don't need a whole lot of time. So those are the same philosophies that I believe in. So that's why I always enjoy having Craig as a guest. So, Craig, welcome to the call. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your holiday to be with us. No problem, Scott. Happy to be here. Cool. Well, we got a lot of great questions. Now, we won't get through all of them, but we'll get through as many as we can. And uh, these are questions that come in that have come in prior to the call. I know people are still asking questions. Again, we'll get through as many as we can, and hopefully uh, the audience listening will learn uh, a little bit from each answer that Craig provides. I would recommend if you are listening to this right now, either live or whether you're listening to the recording, uh, maybe get out a piece of paper and a pen to take some notes and then try to shut down everything that will distract you, like your TV and your email and uh, text messaging and all that good stuff. It's easy to get distracted. Uh, Craig's going to provide a lot of great information uh, today, so you definitely want to take some notes. Now, George, out in Baltimore, and I believe George is here listening live, he wants to know, how do I eliminate fat from the body? Uh, does this question make sense? I run about three to five miles daily. I'm in excellent shape. However, I would love to have a better cut. Um, so, Craig, it looks like George is trying to get a little bit more defined and lose fat, and he runs three to five miles every day. What would you recommend for George? The, the number one thing, no matter what, if he wants to do the straight running or if he wants to switch over the intervals, is increase the intensity of the training. And also, actually, the number one thing is the diet, to you know, because we're talking about advanced results here. And when you're talking about advanced results, you're, you're talking about having to take advanced measures. So, you know, he might be eating pretty well. You know, he might be 80%, 85% compliance. But if you want to go to the next level, 
you have to take it to the next level with your nutrition. You really have to be compliant. You only get one, you know, reward meal per week. You got to be that 90% compliance. So one reward meal, a couple of reward kind of snacks. So you have, you know, if you're eating six meals per day, you're 38 meals on track, perfect out of 42 for the week. I mean, it has to be that good, if not better, if you want to take it to the next level because nutrition is where it's at. You know, we're going to come back to this over and over again in the call, that nutrition is far more important when it comes to losing fat than anything you can possibly do. So that's the first thing he needs to do is to really take a good look at his nutrition. So writing everything down for a week using Fit Day or uh, Nutrition Data or Calorie King or Spark People, you know, there's a whole bunch of, of off, uh, websites out there that allow you to use that type of, you know, calorie tracking. You don't have to do it forever. You just have to do it for a short amount of time until you know exactly how your body responds to foods and how many calories you're eating and so you can kind of eyeball in the future. But, you know, another thing that I just mentioned there is you really have to understand how your body responds to food. Like, you know, if you eat a big meal at night, do you wake up in the morning leaner or do you wake up in the morning, you know, bloated? You have to take, you know, a really good look at that and you have to associate how you feel with what you've just eaten. So many people never make that connection and it's really, really disappointing to their results because they never really make that connection that, you know, every Saturday at lunch, or sorry, every Monday at lunch, we have team meeting uh, lunch at uh, Applebee's and I always end up eating the bread and then I'm, you know, tired all day and then I have a bad workout at night. Well, you know, most people don't make that connection to the bread and, you know, they just keep on eating it every week, week in and week out and that's the problem. So get that nutrition order and then take the the training to the next level of intensity so he can continue with that same distance if he wants but he has to increase the intensity so he gets that distance done in a short amount of time i'm not a big fan of doing the long slow cardio but i mean three to five miles really you know if he's if he's a fairly fit guy he should be able to cover those probably you know i guess half an hour for the three miles um maybe even 25 close to 20 minutes if he's really fit but, you know, you got to run those miles as fast as you possibly can. There's certainly at least one study, if not more, that shows that, you know, when you're comparing high-intensity versus low-intensity cardio, not that about interval training, but just straight-on steady-state steady stuff, that the high-intensity people lose belly fat more than the, the low-intensity. So, you know, if a guy covers five miles as fast as he can versus he goes and, you know, kind of does it moderately, he'll get better results doing it as fast as he can. So you're going to have to take that intensity up in your diet, and in your uh, fat-burning exercise. And then, you know, of course, I'm all about adding in resistance training, too. Uh, one thing that I'm sure we'll cover a couple of times is, um, you know, the minimum amount of resistance training that needs to be done in a week. And, you know, just talking to people that don't like going to the gym at all, and they want to know how much, you know, resistance training do I need to do, I would say you can get your total body in about two sessions, 15 minutes each. That is a minimum amount of resistance training that you need to do. And when I'm talking about that minimum, I'm talking about to help you stay strong because most people, when they get older, it's not their fitness, their cardiovascular fitness that is the restriction on what they can do in life. It is the strength of their muscles. So that's why I'm such a big proponent of strength training for longevity, far more important than thinking about endurance training. That's Everybody thinks about, oh, i got to go out and do cardio. But cardio is not the thing that, that prevents you from falling when you're 80. It's strength. So that's why we got to do that. Minimum 15 minutes twice a week, preferably three times a week. You know, if you get up to three by 20, you probably are going to get 
75 or 80% of the results that someone who spends 30 to 40 minutes in the gym three times per week lifting weights is going to get. So that's what we need to do, and that's what George needs to do. So pretty long answer there, but, uh, you know, bottom line is if you want the advanced results, you have to take the advanced measures, and I just listed them there. Hey, uh, great stuff, Craig. And I wanted to add something to your uh, nutrition answer. <clears throat> uh, our last interview, when you when we were talking mainly about a vegetarian uh, diet and a vegetarian lifestyle, you had um, said something similar about eating 90% compliant to get advanced results. And I made a video um, soon after that. And what and what I um, my point in the video was a lot of people are eating foods like a granola type cereal and lean cuisines and reduce that wheat thins. And I think a lot of people think that this counts as part of your 90% compliance. And my argument was that was more uh, along the lines of your 10% of the, you know, your 10% sheets or reward meals, so to speak. Because um, I think people miscategorize foods as, as healthy uh, if they are looking at just like the front of the box and it says reduced fat wheat thins or, uh, you know, heart-healthy cereals. And I just want people to keep in mind that these box foods, while you might think, hey, I'm eating healthy because, you know, look at the wording on the front of the box. you really got to look at the ingredient label. And, and a lot of these foods like cereals and uh, frozen dinners have a lot of junk in them. So if you're eating those types of foods, those would go more of your uh, 10%, you know, cheat meals, not 90% healthy meals. So you got to stick to your fruits and vegetables and, and nuts and, and lean meats and eggs and foods with single or just a few ingredients. So this yeah. one, one other thing to add to that, Scott, is another place where people really end up in trouble with those types of choices is in the portion size. Now, obviously, if you're buying a lean cuisine, it's a single serving, and that's all you eat, then that's going to be calorie-restricted. But wheat thins, breakfast cereals, mostly breakfast cereals, I mean, if you take a look what an actual serving is of a breakfast cereal, it is a piddly little portion, and and it would take, uh, you know, a, a, the appetite of a bird to really be filled up by that. So most people end up eating two or three portions, but they only look and think that they've eaten one portion and one serving size, and so they only really take those calories off the side of the box, but really it should be three times as much. So that's a very important point that you just made there. Cool. Uh, let's get to our next question. We said uh, it's from... Uh Manar from Jordan. I hope I pronounce it right. Says, Hoyle, how are you? Hope you uh, had a Merry Christmas. I love carbs, and this is my problem. Is being on a low-carb diet the solution for me? Thanks a lot. Absolutely not. I mean, that's the uh, that's just not going to work if um, if you like carbohydrates and, and you think you're going to go on a low-carbohydrate diet. I mean, really what you should do is try and eat 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. Uh, that's going to fill you up. Um, that's also going to give you some of that sweetness from the fruits. So I would say probably five, five fruits, five fruits, five vegetables. Um, so it's a total of ten servings. I mean, everybody that's listening to this call should be getting ten servings of fruits and vegetables per day. And you know, a large apple is going to be two servings. So you know, don't uh, don't be overwhelmed by when I say ten servings because it's really not as much as most people think. But uh, we need to be getting more. And and then really, you just need to look for foods that, uh, you know, read the ingredient list. There's there's even high-protein passes. I've been consuming a lot of those. Um, beans, legumes, lentils, that type of stuff, other carbohydrate, carbohydrate sources. Uh, but I really don't think that, uh, that personality-wise you are suited for a low-carbohydrate diet. 
if you like carbohydrates. And and I think maybe the truth is you like eating sugar and stuff, and, and that has to be eliminated from every diet, uh, you know, down to that 10% category if you want to lose body fat. So, you know, get the sweetness from the fruits, and that's fine. But added sugar, uh, you should not have any processed foods. So I think that's really important to understand is that, you know, what are you really saying when you say you like carbohydrates? Is it is it that you like sugar or that you like, you know, bread? Bread is bread is fine in some cases. I mean, you know, I wouldn't eat a whole loaf of bread in a day, but, you know, if you want to have a sandwich with almond butter, that's certainly okay. I mean, calories in, calories out, I know that's another one of the questions we're going to talk about in a bit, is still a fairly large component of weight loss, no matter what people are saying and trying to minimize that the calories in, calories out, it still is a very important component, mostly the calories in. So, you know, high-fiber bread with almond butter, that's going to fill you up a lot more than, you know, the bowl of breakfast cereal that we talked about and, and a cup of milk. And you're probably going to have more calories in that cereal and milk and but not have that, uh, you know, long-term suppression of appetite. You're going to be hungry by mid-morning. But, you know, high-fiber bread plus almond butter plus you know, one piece of fruit, you're going to get through the morning a lot better than you are with the breakfast cereal and probably even on fewer calories. So overall, I think, you know, go back to what we said in the first answer is to use the food journal, um, you know, write down everything that you're eating for at least seven days, use fifth day, uh, continue to use a food journal if possible. Men's Health Magazine back in their February 2009 issue talked that about a study that, that showed that people who use a food log lost three and a half pounds more than people that didn't use a food log over a 12-week period. So that's important. You know, drinking lots of fluids, uh, lots of water, water, green tea, um, you know, no-calorie fluids to uh, you know, minimize any hunger that's really just thirst. So, you know, some people say, you know, you're not really hungry, you're thirsty, have an extra couple of uh, cups of water. Having soups, uh, vegetable-based soups, before your meals, that, that's also research shown to uh, re- reduce calorie intake. So, you know, vegetable soup, that's going to help, you know, contribute to your you know, 10 servings per day. But if you have a vegetable soup before you have, you know, your lunch and before you have your dinner, you're going to cut your calories. Um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of high-protein, like what people would traditionally call carbohydrate foods. Uh, there's uh, pastas that I've been using recently. There's spelt pasta and there's... Uh, Another one called Kamut Pasta, K-A-M-U-T, and uh, the Kamut one actually is really good for people that have uh, gluten insensitivity because it does contain gluten, but for some reason, a certain kind that doesn't cause problems in people who are insensitive, and that's 15 uh, grams of protein per serving, and so, you know, people are always worried about, you know, on a non-meat or, you know, non-animal product diet, how they're going to get protein. I know we're going to talk about that as well. But if you have that, um, you know, you're going to have 15 grams in a single serving. Plus, you know, you don't have – you're going to get some other type of protein in that meal, I'm sure, whether you're going to, you know, have cheese in it or whether you're going to have uh, meat in it as well. That's, you know, clearly going to get plenty of protein from from that. But also, you know, you're going to get protein from your – legumes that you may have with it or your you know you may have vegetable soup with legumes that type of stuff so plenty of options there i'm just going through as many of the nutrition things so we cover them kind of in this question um, another thing i want people to do is you know they schedule that reward meal once per week but then if they really want advanced results they stick to that 90 percent uh, we remove all the sugar and trans fats from our diet and you talked about a couple of those 
foods, which are going to be the processed packaged foods, so ones that have a lot of ingredients, they're going to probably have more sugar and trans fats in them. So uh, remove that. And then another thing I want people to do is take three or four minutes and just write down every nutrition obstacle that's in the way of their week. And then in addition to every one of those obstacles, write down two solutions. So, for example, every Wednesday you might have an, a long meeting all afternoon from 1 till 5, and then you immediately have to go and take your child to sporting activity or some type of after-school activity, and so you really don't have any chance to eat from 1 until 8, or you might just, you know, go to a vending machine or something. So that's an obstacle. Now, the solutions, of course, are to make sure that you plan ahead and you have apple and almonds for, you know, while you're uh, commuting between the between work and and the activity. So, you know, you're planning ahead. That's just one solution. You may have another solution. You may say, okay, I'm going to take all these vegetables and some hummus, and that's going to be my other solution. So if I don't have the ingredients for one of those solutions, I'm going to have the ingredients for the other. And just come up with every single obstacle in your way and two solutions. Problems are solved. And make sure you plan, shop, and prepare, you know, preferably one day in the weekend where you have lots of time and you can go and go to the grocery store, you know, make a list, get it, Prepare as much as you can, chopping stuff up, et cetera, cooking stuff in advance, and that will help you get through those tough times. So, again, a long answer to a, a question that went off on a tangent there a bit, but I wanted to cover a lot of this stuff um, as soon as possible so that everyone heard it and, you know, can apply it to their questions, which we're going to answer in a couple minutes as well. Awesome. Good stuff, Craig. One uh, suggestion I gave on my blog a few weeks ago, it's actually kind of a, you know, lighthearted suggestion, but it would actually work is to keep an ingredient journal for like a day or two. So instead of just writing down your foods, write down all the ingredients you eat. So if you eat the nice whole natural foods that Craig is suggesting, your food list and your ingredient list is going to be the same, you know, apple, eggs, nuts, things like that. But if you're eating all these box foods, your arm's going to fall off trying to write down those ingredients. But it's a real good eye-opener if you do write down every ingredient that you're eating it's an eye-opener to see everything that you're putting in your body. And uh, hopefully if you uh, to see it down in writing, that'll make you change some of your uh, habits as well. So very cool. Um, let's see, our next question, Richard Steele out in Hollister, California. says, I work out three times a week and am active the rest of the week. Uh, I eat as clean as possible but cannot get rid of my last, or excuse me, cannot get rid of the last of my belly pooch. I'm 62 and hover around 8% body fat. That's awesome. Congratulations. 8% body fat at 185 pounds. I used to weigh 250 pounds. Maybe I don't eat enough to free the need to hoard fat for energy. So basically he's 62, lost a lot of weight, 8% body fat, and trying to get rid of the last of his uh, fat in his stomach. Well, 8% is kind of hard to believe if you do have uh, remaining body fat because in the, in the p- pictures of me where I'm kind of you know on my blog at ttfatloss.com or on my website uh, my famous kind of ab shot I mean I don't even think I'm 8% body fat in that shot so uh, th- there may be some error in the measurement which you know I'm not making any friends here with this answer but uh, you know I, I just don't believe that you can be 8% body fat and have uh, belly fat that is visible because you know 8% body fat that's what the guys on the cover of Men's Health magazine are so uh, there may be some error measurement, but you know if we if we you know then we take into the account the you know the fact that you have lost body fat in the past, it may be excess skin, and that excess skin is going to be 
difficult to remove at, at age 62 because that's when our skin elasticity starts to, to um, you know, to lose its ability to just, you know, kind of rebound. So really we go back to the same thing that I said to our first guy, George. You know, we take a look at the nutrition. Is it really as good as we say it is? Do all those things that we've talked about. And then increase the intensity exercise. And that's really the only two things that are really going to work here. Uh, without knowing how many calories he's consuming, without knowing the exact foods, uh, we can't, you know, kind of talk about that last question that he asked. But, you know, I know I know we're going to get into the, um, you know, how many calories and that type of stuff. So I may as well cover that right now with, uh, you know, how much protein should I consume. Um, and the answer to how much protein that you could, should consume at uh, per day is going to be one gram per pound of your ideal body weight. So I'm just answering this because I know we're going to cover it, but one gram per pound of your ideal body weight. So if you're 150 pounds and you want to be 140 pounds, then that's how many grams of protein you should have, it's 140 grams. And then your daily calorie intake should be this. It's going to be your daily calories are going to be uh, your body, your ideal body weight multiplied by three, or sorry, the number of hours you exercise plus 9.5. So if, uh, so let's say we're using 180 pounds as our goal body weight, and our daily calories are going to be 180, and he's exercising three hours per week, so it'll be three plus 9.5, which would give us 12.5, multiplied by 180. I have this on my blog at ttfatloss.com. Now, using 180 times 12.5, we get 2250 as the daily calorie intake. And then from there, we get 180 grams of protein. And then the number of fat grams we're going to want is half of our ideal body weight in grams. So our ideal body weight is 180 grams or 180 pounds. So fat intake per day is going to be 90 grams. Then carbohydrates is simply going to be the same as protein. So it's going to be 180 grams as well. So that would be, and I'm getting this equation from Men's Health Magazine from a guy named Alan Aragon, who I think is a really, really smart nutritionist. Common sense, lots of common sense there. And so if you're exercising three hours per week and you want to be 180 pounds, which would, you know, help help uh, our gentleman here lose some body fat and belly fat, then 2,250 calories per day is maybe what he wants. Now, another thing to do, if that seems high to him, and it may well be, uh, then here's another thing to do. Write down everything that you're eating. Figure out how many calories that is. If you're not losing belly fat on that, then chances are you have to decrease that amount and increase the quality of your food. So the very first thing that you do is make sure that you're eating 10 servings of fruits and vegetables, is increasing the quality of the food, eliminating everything from a bag or a box, and then maybe even recalculate your calorie intake now that you've improved the quality of your diet, and then see if you're still not losing weight, and then talk about decreasing your calories 10 or 20%. However, if, you know, he writes in and is concerned that he's not eating enough, um, you know, it's tough to say without knowing the actual numbers here. And then there's two actual numbers. There's, you know, the number of calories he believes he's eating, and then, you know, the number of calories that we're actually eating after we go through that equation and, and do, you know, the uh, seven-day food journal and, and really find out is there anywhere – where we're doing any what's called mindless eating, which is when you go home from work and, you know, it's between work and dinner and you're just kind of putting your hands in all types of things and a cookie here and a handful of chips there or whatever. That's mindless eating. It can add up to a lot of calories in a lot of people, and that's the type of thing that we have to put in routines into our life, such as, 
instead of going home and doing that, the first thing I do when I go home while I'm preparing dinner is I cut up lots of broccoli, peppers, and mini carrots and prepare hummus, and that's what I snack on. So even if I filled myself up on that, I'd probably only eat 200, 250 calories versus if I had one cookie and a handful of chips, I might have 250 calories in and no dent in my hunger was even made. So that's the kind of stuff we have to watch out for. So mindless eating, and then we put those routines in there to make sure that we are not doing that type of stuff. And then we also figure out from that calorie and food journal is, you know, are the portion sizes that we're eating, were they twice as much than what we thought, and therefore we're eating, you know, an extra 300 calories at breakfast, an extra 150 calories at lunch, an extra 250 calories at dinner. And, you know, if we cut those portion back, then we start getting results. So there's a lot of factors. I mean, really, every single one of these questions needs to be answered in an entire one-hour sit-down consultation. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's... You got that so much many, time, Greg? Yeah, well, you know, there's so many factors in here, and I just, you know, I'm trying to be pretty straightforward about it and trying to cover every single angle which we can attack this. But uh, I think that, you know, he's certainly living a great lifestyle, and, and he deserves better results than what he's getting if he's struggling with that. So hopefully those are some some uh, alternatives that will come through for him. Yeah, all good advice, uh, Craig. And um, I'll send out a link to your blog where people can get that equation, um, you know, sure. that you were determining the calories and the fat grams. And, you know, we, we covered weight training and such. And I, I would just recommend maybe take a look. You know, he could take a look at his workouts just to make sure he's changing up. A lot of people do the same routine, you know, for months. And that it may be one thing he needs to do is, increase the weight or change the routine of the workout. And then just kind of something simple, like, you know, when I went through a pretty good transformation, one of the big things, and we've talked about it, I just cut out cereals and uh, most breads, and that, that made a big difference in my belly fat. And, you know, it was, again, it was stuff I thought was healthy for me, but it turned out it had too many ingredients that were uh, holding me back to my results. So just maybe some simple tweaks, but you gave some great suggestions. Let's move on to uh, Donna out in Sacramento. Says, uh, I want to lose at least 40 pounds. I'm currently allowing myself 13, uh, excuse me, 1,355 calories per day based on the Harris-Benedict equation. My starting weight of 191 pounds. And I've lost about 5 pounds, although this 5 pounds seems to fluctuate from day to day. I think I need a new scale. I'm thinking of cutting my calories back even more. Is it safe for a woman at my age, 58, to go as low as 1,000 calories per day? And will I have to stay at that low calorie level or lower the rest of my life to maintain? I'm also doing cardio in the form of stair climber and weight training in the form of bow flex and free weights three to five days a week. She wants to know if she needs to go on a really low calorie diet. Well, I think what... But uh, we've covered so far in so many of the questions, it's really going to help her out uh, with, I think, the best approach for her would be to write down everything that she's eating, to figure out how many calories she really is consuming, just to make sure that she's not, uh, you know, consuming more than she thinks, and then to go through all those diet improvement, you know, the quality improvements, you know, can we eat fruits and vegetables instead of anything from a bag or box when when can we do that? When can we make those substitutions? And, you know, if we can improve the quality of the diet a lot, then spend a couple of days on that, see if we aren't getting more results. Then take a look at the calories again and see if we really need to go as low as 1,355 calories per day. Uh, 
you know, I certainly think that's pretty low, and I certainly am not going to tell her to go down to a thousand. But I think that you know, improving the quality of the diet will naturally decrease the calorie intake, but at the same time, not decrease the energy of the person uh, who's consuming that diet. You just feel better when you're eating those types of foods, and that's where I would start. So, you know, I think if she used that equation that we we mentioned with the um, ideal body weight, it would probably give her a relatively high calorie intake compared to what she's consuming now. So it would really confuse her to do that because, you know, you probably get 16, 1,700 calories on that equation, and, you know, she's down at 1,355 right now. So it's a really big discrepancy, and, and people, you know, I, I will admit that you're going to see that discrepancy. It's going to be up to you to use your best judgment, and your best judgment is going to be based on, well, really, what are you doing right now, and what results are you getting? And that's why I said you use that simple three-step system of figure out what you're eating now, improve the quality of the diet, and recalculate what you're eating and the results that you're getting. So that's what I would do. And, uh, you know, generally it sounds like your her workouts are on track, um, you know, with with my system, with my beliefs, with, uh, you know, similar to yours as well, three total body workouts, maybe four if they're, you know, I, I prefer four slightly shorter workouts than three slightly longer workouts. So I do four 30-minute workouts per week rather than three 45-minute workouts per week. I just like to, to split it up like that. Um, but, you know, there's certainly no reason to be training hard five or six, seven days a week. Staying active on the on the off days, as mentioned in our previous question, I mean, you always have to be doing something. It just doesn't have to be hard, intense exercise. You want to recover on those days, but you need to stay active and, and stay mobile. And that uh, sounds like she's getting a pretty good workout plan. Again, you know, we'd have to see a lot more details to, to double-check on that. But I think, you know, hopefully we've helped solve her uh, nutrition problem there. Awesome. And, Craig, is that formula that you gave earlier, is that the same for men and women? Or is it is, actually, yeah. Okay. And, and the weird thing is, I mean, some people took a look at it and, and were not very happy by it. They thought it was way too much. And then we also had, uh, you know, both men and women, and both men and women also said, hey, this works out perfectly for me. And so we've got very mixed feedback on that. Um, and I'm going to email you the link uh, right now, and you can share it with everybody. That's uh, It's on my blog, and I've included a men's and women's example. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Craig, um, this morning I, I, I wrote on my uh, Facebook page, I was, you know, I was trying to start a little bit of a discussion. I said, it's uh, a great way to stick to your fitness program. And as we go into the new year and the new decade, that's a lot of people have that as their goal, something fitness related. I said, a great way is to enter a transformation contest. And I listed things like there's a usually a nice prize at the end. There's a specific starting and ending point. There's usually some sort of program to follow. And I know you're big on transformation contests. You've done them in the past, and you're about to start a new one. Can you just give me, you know, your thoughts on why transformation contests work so well and, and maybe a little info about the one that's about to uh, kick off? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're starting one right now, and you go to transformationcontest.com forward slash rules. Uh, or no, just go to transformationcontest.com, and there's a link to the rules, and you'll see the winners of the past contests, and, and it should be slightly motivating. Now, the weird thing is some people have uh, – I mean, some people get really excited by these contests for no logical reason. Um, you know, some people have said to me in the past, I wouldn't have even tried to lose weight if it wasn't for this contest. I don't expect to win, but, you know, this contest was the thing that I needed. So 
I don't know if it's a, just the fact that there's a start and end point that, that some people need. Um, you know, some people need, you know, the big event in order to kick them into into gear. And if somebody doesn't have a big event, like no one's getting married or there's no vacation, uh, they don't see any end point. And maybe that's too abstract for people if there's no end point. But you give them this transformation contest, and now there's a 12-week end point. And, you know, nothing – you know, they were frustrated and struggling before, but they wouldn't have made the change unless the contest was there. So it's been a very interesting study in human psychology just to see what people will do, what, you know, what motivates people. But, um, you know, the main the main things that people get out of contest, and, I mean, you can have one at work, you can have one online with, with the transformation contest, you can find them in magazines now. They're all over the place, and, and for good reason, because they do get people involved they get people more results than they would get if they were just, you know, following a 12-week program just to follow a 12-week program. Uh, because of the end point, because of the deadline, it spurs them to action. Uh, certainly the prizes are important. You know, the, we, we give out some fairly significant cash prizes of $1,000 for the winner, 500 for second place, and third place gets 250 in this men and women's categories. So th- there's something to be said for that, but I don't think that it's, you know, all about the money uh, Certainly, I don't think it's all about money. I think it's far more important that there's some type of deadline and endpoint. And uh, also with the transformation contest, if you're doing it at work or at your gym or online with ours, we have uh, you know the, the aspect of social support. There's other people doing it. Um, therefore, it fosters a sense of positive uh, community. Otherwise, if if you're not doing one at work and you're the only person trying to lose weight at work, you know the first two weeks of January might be fine when other people are kind of you know half half involved in some type of uh, fitness, but, you know, more people will drop out if they're not in the contest, and then you're left on your own and you're doing it yourself, and then everybody's going to Pizza Hut and they're having Super Bowl parties and, and you know, all this stuff, and you're the only person trying to keep it going. So if you institute some type of contest, then that will keep more people involved, and it will, you know, on a selfish note for you, it will keep fewer people getting into that negative peer pressure where, hey, you got to come to lunch with us, it's so-and-so's birthday, we're having a huge cake, and you got to have a huge piece, and that type of stuff, which really just brings so many people's progress down because they have to, you know, keep up with all these other people and and uh, they don't want to say no. And, and I mean, really, uh, you should say no because it's, you know, and be selfish and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a lot easier when everybody else is on the same page. So contest in person or contest online, I don't think it really matters just uh, where you do your contest. I just think that it's really important to get involved in one. Awesome. And so for yours, uh, Craig, there um one of the things they're supposed to be doing is to follow your your turbulence training uh, program. Yeah, and in our program, you have to use the turbulence training workouts. Of course, like you mentioned at the start of the call, there's you know there's over 60 different programs now and and uh, different levels. Uh, you know, there's women's, there's men's, there's body weight, there's beginners, there's advanced, there's the hardcore ones. So there's there's something for everybody in uh, in the system, and they have to use something. Of course, you can you can uh, Choose the one that suits you best and go from there. Very cool. Um, and you're running a uh, for the week before New Year's, which is this week, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. New Year we kicked it off. Day. We kicked it off on Sunday. So okay. uh, I just found that a lot of people like to get going right away. I mean, we started our our very first one. We actually started before Christmas in 2007, and, and a lot of people still got great results. So that didn't. Uh, bother anyone and then last year we started it the day after christmas and this year we started it two days after christmas 
and a lot of people are just really gung ho and they don't want to wait till January 1st. So that's why we're doing so much this week. And then uh, the last day to enter this contest, I believe, is January the 15th, uh, which is the second, third Friday in January. And so then you, everyone has 12 weeks, and so some people will finish earlier than others, obviously. And uh, but it gives a lot of people who didn't hear about it to, to get started. We didn't want to put too short of a entry time on it. And then it's 12 weeks, and then we finish up in April sometime. And then uh, you know we share the winners with everybody. Awesome! And you're running a half price special on uh, TT uh, this week, correct? Yeah, definitely. Just to get more people involved, give them the okay. resources and tools and everything they need to get involved in the program. Cool. Yeah, so anybody, if you don't have turbulence training yet, you can go to uh, www.theabsexpert.com forward slash TT, and then you could uh, pick up turbulence training this week um, at half price. you got to order it by Friday, and then Craig got other uh, bonuses in there. And I'm going to throw in my bo- uh, my own bonus if you uh, grab turbulence training uh, this week. I'll let you know what it is at the end of the call, so uh, just about 20 more minutes. Stick around. But, again, it's www.theabsexpert.com forward slash TT. Uh, you can grab turbulence training this week for half price. That helps kick off the seventh transformation contest. we got a lot of other questions coming in, so we'll crank through as many as we can. Uh, Angie, uh, out in Pocatello, Idaho, um, she had a lot. Let me see if we can get, like, a couple questions here. Here's a good one. She wanted to know, what is the least amount of exercise one can do per day or week and still continue to lose weight? So what's the least amount of exercise one can do per day or or per week and continue to lose weight? I think that's actually a really good question, and it really should be the mindset of a lot of people. Um, I mean, certainly there's something to be said about people that like to exercise and, and, um, you know, then we have to kind of like rein those people in and make sure they aren't doing too much at the end up with overuse injuries and, and all that type of stuff. But there's nothing wrong with trying to get maximum results in minimum time. So really the answer is, in my opinion, is to simply find something that you like to do, that you prefer to do, and and not even think about that, um, you know, how little can I do mentality just yet. But how can I find something that I like to do where I don't even think about the, the how little can I do, and then just add in that a bit of strength training that I mentioned that that really isn't just there for fat loss. It's there for you know your health and fitness forever and for life and for being strong when you're older. So you know you can get away with two two workouts of 15 minutes for total body resistance training, including a bit of a warm up there. So that's all you need to do for resistance training, and then the activity the activity that you need to do to actually lose weight is relatively minimal because Diet is the most important thing when it comes to the, the uh, weight loss. So if you are very, very strict and, uh, you know, you have lots of routines in there and you're very compliant with your nutrition program, then the amount of exercise that you have to do to actually lose weight is not significantly large. Uh, but most of the studies do show that people who get diet and exercise tend to get more results. So I would say that in addition to the two rounds of 15 minutes with resistance training, if you really want to uh, you know, if you don't want to use my other recommendation of finding an activity like dancing or sports or something that you really look forward to doing and you just want to focus on structured exercise, then I would add in an additional three times of 15 minutes for interval training. So you could do 
two 30-minute workouts and one 15-minute workout where you do the resistance training, then the intervals, day off, resistance training, intervals, day off, and then a, a third round of interval training. And combined with an excellent diet, you should see very, very good results. Um, and that's about the minimum that you can get. However, as mentioned before, we do need people to stay active on their off day and not so much for fat loss. We're not expecting people to lose fat, but we're thinking about long-term mobility because most of us just sit in a chair with a rounded posture and we need to get up and get moving. We need to uh, work on our shoulder mobility. We do need to work on our flexibility and therefore we do need to stay active on our off days, but we don't consider those to be workouts. Uh, we just consider them more to be daily activities. So, you know, you could just be doing a little bit of walking combined with a little bit of stretching and, you know, 20, you know, 30 minutes of moving around, keeping your butt off the couch and, uh, you're, you know, just doing something, again, counteracting the bad posture that we often have all day in 30 minutes on those off days will really help. So that's pretty much the minimum program. I thought about this quite a bit, and I think that's what we can we can pull off there for maximum results. Well, that's a good answer, Cray. And I'm a big fan of the short workouts as well. And I know back in the day, you know, I used to be in the gym like, you know, hour and a half possibly, maybe even two hours. And that seemed to be like the standard, <laughs> you know, and it was funny. I was interviewing uh, Jason Hunter recently, and he said, you know, his workouts are really short too, like 15 minutes. And he'll walk in the gym and come out 15 minutes later, and he's like the front desk people like stare at him like, what, is that all you're doing? <laughs> you know, you're done already? But really, if you jack up the intensity like Craig has been saying, you don't need a real long workout at all. At all. You can get effective, uh, effective fat loss results and uh, – just a, you know, a few minutes really. So that's uh, cool. You know, I know there are still people that do those hour and a half, two hour workouts. But a lot of those folks are, uh, you know, resting three minutes in between <laughs> sets or staying on the treadmill for an hour or so. Uh, Donna in Atlanta uh, says, I know you've been switching to a vegetarian lifestyle. How difficult is it to know what foods to blend to get the proper amount of protein per day? How easy is it to have variety and keep it exciting? Does following a vegetarian lifestyle alter your workouts at all? More energy? Does it affect your stamina, et cetera? Now, I know you talked some about the different types of greens and pastas, pastas you've been eating, uh, Craig, but maybe you can shed some light on uh, the proper amount of protein and if it affects your uh, workouts at all. Yeah, it certainly hasn't affected the workouts at all. Um, you know, I was I was very healthy eater before, just included more animal products, um, and now it doesn't, you know, include that many. And, and, you know, people are often disappointed when I say there's been really no difference. But if you take a look at, you know, what I was eating before, I was still eating 15 to 20 servings of fruits and vegetables before I went on the vegetarian diet, uh, towards a vegetarian diet. And so it hasn't really been that much of a change. And, again, I wasn't eating, you know, fried foods or anything. So I think it's more important if you cut out sugar and you cut out fried foods and you cut out, uh, you know, poor quality foods than than uh, changing whether or not you eat meat in your diet. Um, uh, often vegetarians aren't really excited when I when I say that's not really that important, but uh, but that's what I've found. I just haven't really noticed any physical differences. Uh, as for the you know the variety and the uh, protein, you know, if you are really still concerned about protein, uh, there's still plenty of uh, vegan type protein powders. There's Sun Warrior protein powder, which uh, I just started trying out. And there's also Vega, uh, which is another very popular one. Um, 
they're 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 a little more expensive than you know the cheapest whey protein that you can get. But you know you can also use whey protein if you're simply just concerned about cutting out meat and and uh, you don't mind other types of whey of uh, animal products like if you're still consuming milk or cheese and eggs. If you're still consuming milk, cheese, and eggs, you're going to have no problem at all getting enough protein. Um, but if you're not consuming any animal products at all, then you may need to go to the um, Vega or Sunwear protein or any type of rice protein or pea protein. Uh, there's soy protein, which I don't use, uh, but there's also, uh, I think, hemp. And uh, I think there might also be rice if I haven't mentioned that one already. But, you know, there's certainly plenty of non-animal product-based protein powders that you can get at a health food store. So if you're concerned about not getting enough protein. Um, but me personally, I will get, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, I will get probably 10 to 15 grams of protein in the first thing that I consume, which actually I'll probably get too close to 20 because most people don't realize that there is a lot of protein in stuff like oatmeal, bread, uh, the pasta that I talked about. Most of it comes in the form of that gluten, which, uh, you know, personally I have no problem. I could eat that stuff all day. Uh, but I have no insensitivity to it. But, you know, some people are sensitive to it and, um, and or, sorry, I have no sensitivity to it and no problems with it. So I don't have any problem with gluten, but if somebody has a problem with gluten, then they're going to have to be a little more particular about what they consume for protein. Uh, you know, they won't be able to get protein from bread and, and from some of the passes that I may consume. But uh, beans, you know, one can of beans is probably going to be 30 grams of protein if you eat half a can of that, which, you know, I usually eat half a can of that on a salad. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of fiber. So that's another issue with some people is, you know, it's too much fiber for the trade-off. Again, you may have to go the protein powder route where you're getting protein without the fiber. So, um, but again, depends on your level of vegetarianism. If you're going vegan, probably going to have to go protein powder if you want to get over 120 grams of protein per day. But if you're still consuming some animal products, such as eggs or cheese or milk or whey protein, you're not going to have any problem at all getting pro- enough protein. And then variety, it will take you a little while to kind of, you know, I recommend getting some nutrition books or going online. And, and uh, you know, first two or three weeks when I was doing it, I was kind of like, i got to find something else to do, which, you know, eventually, you know, you just go and you spend a little more time in, in the health food store or, or in certain certain areas of the grocery store. I mean, if you got a Whole Foods, I mean, you're not going to have any any problem at all. I mean, again, it's going to be a little more expensive. But, uh, you know, even if you go around and look in there, and then maybe you can go and, uh, you know, for cost savings, go to a cheaper grocery store and find some similar alternatives, then you're going to be able to uh, – to consume a large variety of, of vegetarian-type foods without the, the cost of going to Whole Foods, obviously. But I think just a little experience, like anything else, and eventually you find out, you know, first time someone goes from eating fast food all the time to trying to eat healthy, they probably are thinking, okay, chicken and broccoli, four days in a row, there's got to be something else. And, and eventually you find that there's plenty of alternatives. And, and uh, you know, the fact that there's raw food restaurants, which I've actually been to a couple of them, and they serve all their food raw, and the fact that those exist and they actually make um, pretty impressive meals, that it just shows you that there's there is a lot of variety out there. You just have to you do have to put some effort into finding it. Very cool. Uh, let me, let's uh, keep this moving. We got about ten more minutes. Daniel out in Sydney says, "Hey Craig, I just wanted to ask you for your final thoughts on steady state cardio because fitness experts Tom Venuto and Jeff Anderson both believe in it." They say people misunderstood the study showing 
high-intensity interval training burning nine times more fat? Oh, absolutely. My, my final advice is you simply do not need to do it unless you absolutely love to do it. Uh, you take a look at transformationcontest.com. Most people are using turbulence training and not doing slow cardio, and you will find that they are getting results, incredible results. And so the bottom line is the nutrition is the most important thing. And from there, then it's simply doing something that will sculpt your body, which is a resistance training. That's the most important thing. And the interval training also works very well to burn belly fat. So that that is my bottom line on it. And uh, and here's three questions someone needs to ask themselves if they want to do cardio. is One, do they enjoy doing it? If the answer is yes, by all means, go for it. Two, do you have the time to do it? Because the great thing about interval training is it takes half the time of a regular cardio workout. And three, are you able to do it without getting overuse injuries? If you can answer yes to all of those, if you have the time, if you have the enjoyment of it, and you don't get overuse injuries, you can go and do it. It's not like cardio never works for anybody. But there are plenty of studies. One showed that people who were doing an hour of cardio a week for an entire year lost an average of five pounds. That's not a very efficient way of doing things. Other studies have shown that some people get results and some people actually gain weight when they go into a cardio program because it causes them to eat an extra two to 300 calories per day. That was a British study. And then, uh, you know, there's that study from Australia which compared the interval training versus 40 minutes of slow cardio, and they found there was more results from the interval training group that did 20 minutes of interval training. So, you know, there's certainly enough proof to me that you do not have to do the cardio and you really have to worry more about your diet and then use resistance training to sculpt your muscle. I always think of it like this. The analogy is, you know, someone who is overweight and needs to lose body fat is the, is the exact same thing as a big chunk of concrete that showed up at Michelangelo's doorstep and he was going to sculpt David out of it. And so you use the diet to whack off the big chunks of concrete to get down closer to the sculpture. And then you use resistance training to put in those fine details like Michelangelo did on that sculpture. And that's what you're doing. Diet, resistance training, and you've sculpted a body. That's how you do it. It's, uh, that's my, that is my strong opinion that if you want to do it, fine, by all means. If you're an endurance athlete, you have to do cardio, of course. But if you want to lose fat, if you want to get fit, you do not have to do it. Good stuff. I like that analogy there. Uh, Maria out in Santiago, Chile. Is it true that for fat loss, it is better to train first thing in the morning before breakfast? The answer to that is simply no. I mean, the most important thing is, is you train when you can train. Now, you know, that whole argument is based on the fact of doing cardio for fat loss. And, you know, because I don't even think that you need to do cardio for fat loss, you know, that question's already proven proven wrong to me because it, it's not even how we would train for fat loss in the first place. Uh, one study that I came across uh, the other week, um, it may not be the world's best study, but it showed that people who consumed 20 grams of protein before their training ended up burning more calories in the 24-hour period after than a group that did uh, 20 grams of carbohydrates. So, in theory, and, you know, this is one of these in theory things that, you know, like green tea, green tea is supposed to burn more calories, but people don't lose weight with green tea. Um, 
you know, in theory, this may help you burn more calories. And so if you're at a plateau and you're doing everything right, maybe having a protein shake before training will help you burn more calories and may help you get through that fat loss plateau. It might, it might just be, uh, you know, might, we might be looking, not being able to see the forest because of the tree that's in our way. We might just be, um, you know, not thinking about the big picture and putting too much importance on that little detail. But, hey, you know what? If you want to try it for a couple of weeks and see what kind of results you get if you're struggling and you're stuck, it might be the, the missing piece of the puzzle. So, you know, that just shows another reason that you don't have to do a workout on an empty stomach. I mean, I have no problem with people that do work out on an empty stomach, though. Um, you know, I've tra- I trained this morning. I squatted heavy, heavy squatting this morning without eating because I wasn't hungry. And sometimes when I eat before training, it just, you know, and then I do a bit of a warm-up, then my I feel a little bit weak for about five minutes before everything, all my blood sugar gets um, uh, leveled out again. So sometimes if I'm training first thing in the morning, I don't eat first thing in the morning. And really what it comes down to is not only just your daily calorie intake, but your weekly calorie intake and your weekly calorie output, and that's going to determine fat loss in the long term. So, you know, really your weekly weigh-ins are are, are the true representation of you know, what you accomplish in that week. And I, I just want to add one more thing, Craig, and, and you, you mentioned that you, you know, really got to test and see what works best for you in a question like this. And just I run early morning boot camps at 6 in the morning, and uh, one of my um, longtime boot camp members, you know, she would struggle with, uh, you know, her endurance during the workouts, feel a little bit lightheaded, and she didn't need anything before the uh, workout. So I said, well, you know, why don't you try eating an apple, you know, when you first wake up. And that made all the difference in the world. Her stamina, her endurance, her strength was better. She had more energy during the workouts. Now, some people, uh, if they eat before their workout, they, they don't feel good because they don't have time to digest it, things like that. So that's really going to be something that you need to test on your own to see what works best. <clears throat> um, let's get one final question. We had this one come in specifically about your uh, program, Craig, so we'll wrap it up with this. Richard out in Minnesota says, does your program include any specific advice for seniors that need to increase muscle mass before losing additional weight? Say that again. Okay. Uh, Does your program include any specific advice for seniors that need to increase muscle mass before losing additional weight? No, I mean, we have people from age 18 to... You know, I think currently our oldest person right now is 74 using the program. And really what it comes down to is the principles that apply to fat loss at every age are, are the same. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if someone needs to gain muscle mass before they start losing weight, then that's pretty simple too. We just, you know, we don't have them cut calories and we have them cut out the interval training so that they're really just doing the resistance training portion and they're able to build muscle mass. So that's what I would have somebody do if they need to build muscle mass first before they go on the fat loss component. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Craig, as well. You know, for my boot camps, we've got people in their 20s all the way to people in their 60s. Really, the body was designed to move in specific ways no matter what age. You know, just because you uh, pass the age of 60 doesn't mean your body's not meant to move in a certain direction anymore. Uh, so we train people of all ages the same way. Um, so I like that uh, that answer. So let me just uh, give that link one more time, or let me let you give the link to your uh, transformation contest where they can find the rules. Can you give that uh, out again, Craig? Sure, transformationcontest.com. 
transformationcontest.com. And if you don't have a copy of Turbulence Training and you're interested in, in joining the uh, contest, remember Craig's running his uh, Turbulence Training program. You can pick it up at half price and enter the contest if you go to www.theabsexpert.com forward slash TT. You can grab Turbulence Train at half price, and I, you do also get a month of uh, your TT membership site. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. And that's great, too, because when you're going through a program, it's a good uh, idea to be part of a support community where you can ask questions and get encouragement from other people. And then the bonus I wanted to throw in, since we know nutrition is your number one key to getting these types of uh, fat loss results, I did a uh, teleseminar series called Amazing Add the Diet. I interviewed 12 of the top diet experts in the world, and I wanted to give away the um, audio recordings, the MP3 downloads, and the transcripts of each interview. I think that would make a great supplement for those people who are doing the turbulence training program and entering the content. So if you go to www.theabsexpert.com forward slash TT, if you order by um, Friday, that's when the half-price special ends. If you're one of the first 25 to order, just send me your receipt. So that receipt you would just email to scott at scfitness.com. That's scott at the letters S, C, fitness.com, and I will send you the downloads and transcripts of each interview in the Amazing Abs Diet Teleseminar Series. So the way you could do that, you just listen to an interview each week of the contest, and you'll pick up something new and valuable for you to get through and get better results within the Turbulence Training Transformation Contest. So, Craig, this is great stuff. We packed in a lot in just an hour. So I appreciate your thorough answers and your time during the holidays. This was a, a great interview, and I appreciate it. Hey, happy to help, Scott. Thanks so much, man. Awesome. Everybody listening, thank you so much for uh, listening in, taking time out of your day. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Have a health, healthy, safe, and happy New Year's. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.